as we usually do, talking about the jab. But fortunately, at this point, I think the veil is being lifted off the secrecy, off the lies. The lies are being revealed. It has been estimated uh, by some researchers that between um, the what they see in their own family as far as adverse reactions, what they're reading uh, in the media regarding adverse reactions, um, is is people are waking up. It is estimated that over half of the population now are aware of the lies that have been promulgated concerning these death jabs, these weapons of mass destruction that they offered to people's arms with the promise that they would not get sick, they would they would not transmit disease, they would stay out of the hospital, and none of that was true. And that is shocking. My own husband is a physician, and he, it's been almost, well, two and a half years it's taken him this long to face the lies that the CDC, the WHO, have told the world and the damage they have caused. He is absolutely shocked, just shocked. Of course, he's been trained. Uh, physicians, medical personnel, they are trained to believe every word the CDC and the WHO say. Uh, it's been a long journey. Been a long journey. It's been a sad journey. It, it's kind of sad to see people wake up and to see, oh man, I've been so duped. But at least they are waking up and hopefully, you know, especially parents of small children will stop and that is happening. Let's take a look at some of this. It is so bad, the adverse reactions, that France is saying no more to the COVID-19 jabs. Denmark has banned all the jabs in the under 50 age group. Uh, A re-examination of SIDS that most occurrences, adverse reactions, happened within a week of vaccinations. Now it's the same with the adult, the SADS. People realize this, and pediatric vaccine uptake is about less than half. It's less than half. And, of course, the result is there's an accompanying this decrease in SIDS, Southern Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Why do pediatricians still push the jabs? There was one note on a Telegram today. The writer said, I had no idea why the pediatricians in the face of all the adverse reactions were still pushing the jabs until a fellow researcher sent her a payment schedule. And this one was specifically for Blue Cross Blue Shield. So what I'm going to say applies to only that uh, insurance group, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's all insurance groups. I don't know specifically. The document said that Blue Cross Blue Shield would pay pediatricians a $400 bonus 
for each child receiving the ten recommended jabs before age two. So they get $400 if the child is under the age of two and has received all ten of these jabs. So if the pediatrician has just 100 fully vaccinated babies, actually they're, they're under two, they're 18, 19, 20 months old, that's $40,000 to the pediatrician. If the pediatrician managed to fully vaccinate 200 patients, that bonus jumps to $80,000. But pediatricians would lose the whole bonus unless at least 63% of their total number of patients were fully vaccinated. So there's a twist to it. You don't get anything unless you push it on everybody and you're relatively successful at this. That includes the flu vaccine. So it's not just a $400 on your child's head. Your child could be determining an entire package of bonuses. And remember, the WHO and the FDA have announced that soon all jabs, all vaccines would be mRNA-based. Regarding uh, the lower uptake of pediatric vaccines, a vaccine expert at Johns Hopkins, I'll get this, Bloomberg School of Public Health. Do you think they're plugged into the mainstream? Do you think they're plugged into the globalists? In fact, I have read that Bill Gates just about funds this and owns this institution. You see it in Event 201. Remember that? They held it in October, and in November, December, COVID hit in China. And it was exactly COVID. That was run by Gates, The Who, and Johns Hopkins. Do you remember Clade 10? Run by the same three entities. And then there was another group that was held in, I think it was October of 2022, uh, regarding a, quote, catastrophic contagion. It was an enterovirus targeting children. That was held last October, uh, again, including the same rogues gallery of healthcare, Johns Hopkins, Gates, and who. Anyway, uh, there at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, he lamented, and this is a vaccine quotes expert, never before have we had a vaccine available for young children that has been in billions of people before it was given to a young child. The distrust in government, the distrust in public health, and the distrust in science is that is growing is very, very worrisome. So, I mean, they have caused it on themselves. They have lied. The adverse reactions, the researchers, other top physicians in the world have signed petitions uh, telling the truth 
If you do tell the truth, you get disenfranchised, kicked out, demoted, uh, uh, deplatformed, kicked out. You can't publish a thing. Nobody will take it. You're you're basically a pariah. And that's what the Bloomberg School of Public Health calls a very, very worrisome case when this crime against humanity was a virologist. He worked over 20 years at Walter Reed, and his specialty was, get this, retrovirus. That's the same mechanism in the COVID vaccine, concerning which he disallows any part. He states that he was not kept in the loop, that he was actually (laughs) de-looped. A retrovirus is a type of virus that inserts a DNA copy of its own uh, twisted RNA genome into the DNA and then via reverse transcriptase, again, exactly what's in the COVID jab, the host cell treats the new twisted uh, RNA as it's as as a bona fide part of its new DNA and starts replicating that. Reverse transcriptase is used in HIV to change the body's cells to all become things on the sentences of these defendants. It has been difficult to obtain and to get the current list. But one that went inside was given 63 months. Now, that's that's over five years. Of course, federal prison, uh, I know in, in state prison, you get credit for half time. So maybe he'll only be in there two and a half years. But uh, what did he do? Um, sometimes the judges sentencing these cases imposed a harsher sentence than the prosecution requested. It seemed as if they had an axe to grind. And being around in and around D.C., I'm sure a lot of these federal judges were, uh, remember, federal judges are not elected. They're appointed. <laughs> They're chosen. Um, uh, it seems like they have an axe to grind. One man uh was sentenced to uh, um uh, this was the, his charge I, I forget what he was sentenced to parading demonstrating or picketing in a capitol building that was his horrible charge it has certainly promoted a loss of faith or trust in our federal government especially when it is obvious that the uh, government in its prosecution of these people have told lies, have hidden evidence. There's a humorously written article in the footnotes um, concerning what happened. I forget the exact source of it, but I'll quote here. We all know, this is what they write, we all know that some of the peaceful protesters who took a stroll through the Capitol, stopping long enough to give Capitol Police insurrectiony fist bumps and to take rebellious selfies, are now being held without due process. Some of those who have taken plea deals are spending years in federal lockup. 
January 6, Buffalo Horn guy Jacob Chansley got 41 months for his famous tour of the Capitol. Part of his crime was carrying a flagpole that had a spear tip, thus making it a dangerous weapon. You know how flags, they they usually have this gold emblem on the top? That that turned that flagpole into a dangerous weapon. Some of the J6 defendants are trying to get their court dates moved to other jurisdictions, claiming, I'm sure with good ground, good grounds, bias in the Washington, D.C. courts, but good luck on that. Biden's cronies won't have it. This brings us to J6 protester Matthew Perna. Prosecutors were looking to send Perna to federal prison for 51 months for his peaceful 20-minute tour of the Capitol. The feds claim he tapped on a window with a metal pole but he didn't break it. The extreme sentence was said to be, quotes, domestic terrorism deterrence. That translates into teaching the American public to obey. Perna had been maligned in his hometown of Sharon, Pennsylvania. He couldn't fathom spending 51-plus months in prison for peacefully protesting. He killed himself. Compare the treatment of the January 6th participants with the general leftist ignoring of bail requirements, catch and release, repulsion of incarceration, and defunding of the police. But they get these people who walk through the Capitol building and they want five years, six years, ten years for tapping on windows or carrying a flagpole. The detention circumstances in the Washington jail are so bad that 34 of the jail defendants request removal to Guantanamo Bay. Complaints of their incarceration include begging for help, water, medical aid, worms in their food, denial of visitors, attorney contact, religious services, laundry returned with unspeakable contamination, forcible almost education on uh, on racial issues. Alex Jones said the same group in the FBI that handled the, quotes, Whitmer kidnapping handled the enabling of the J-6 insurrection. When, when, when citizens realize that, when they realize that evidence has been suppressed, I... I, I think our the belief in our government is, is at a real low, even for the general population. Okay, now we're going to move into bank failures. Yesterday, Silicon Valley Bank ceased its online and mobile services for business clients. Now, Silicon Valley Bank is, a, is an investor's bank. It is, uh, it is for businesses. It, it pays payroll. Uh, 
it, it, it's, a, it's a business bank and an investor bank. Hal Turner said in his broadcast tonight, a woman he spoke with, at, she had an MBA and worked at a small tech company. She said her company was freaking out and was trying to pull money out all day but all the transactions are still pending. So this is a small tech company trying to get payroll, trying to get investments, trying to get, and and they, they're not going to be able to get it out today. It was seized. Word from the monetary money giant Vanguard is that people with 401ks who have been trying to make hardship withdrawals for the past two months have been stymied by Vanguard. So it's not just banks like Silicon. It is other financial institutions. Vanguard is a, an investment, but you... On a hardship withdrawal, you can take out of your 401k. It's your money. You should be able to get it out. According to one customer, he's been trying to take money out of his 401k to pay down some medical debt. People with 401ks can do that. It's called a hardship withdrawal. Instead of giving this man his money, Vanguard demanded to see the explanation of benefits from his health insurance. The guy sent it, showing exactly the medical procedure he had done, the charges, what the insurance paid, what his portion still is. That was two months ago. The transaction is still pending. In addition, this is Vanguard, that was Silicone. In addition, Credit Suisse announces the retiring of trades by March 24. So many people are wondering if Credit Suisse isn't going to go out of business. Today, the financial regulators closed Silicon Valley Bank and the FDIC is taking control of all deposits. In fact, the Silicon Investor Branch in Manhattan called the cops when some of these investors, some of them have millions in there, millions, called the cops when the investors would not take no for an answer. And when it all falls through, the house pays the individual bank, bank account holders. That's who pays. That's the way the system is set up. This is not going to end here, and already there are reports of this is a contagion. In 08, unsecured deposits got half a cent on the dollar 10 years later. There are reports of Wells Fargo having trouble, auto deposits are missing, wrong balance, paychecks bouncing, negative, negative account balances. Someone said there is no way Deutsche Bank will survive the bombing of the Nord Stream pipeline in the midst of this banking crisis. And there's more to silicone uh, closure than we know because uh, on, a, on a sheet of paper, it should be able to have survived. If you were a bankster, <laughs> would this be a good time to head to a bunker? 
Hal Turner said in his broadcast tonight, normally regulators would wait until trading trading had closed before seizing a bank. The fact that silicon was seized in the morning is unusual. Wilkerson saw the global bankruptcy start in Germany, spread around the world. Then within two weeks of the German bank declaring bankruptcy, the U.S. declares insolvency. Uh, Is Credit Suisse that German bank that Wilkerson saw? I don't think so. I would guess it's Deutsche Bank. It is reported that Deutsche Bank has derivative exposure in excess of $500 trillion. Yep. 500 trillion that's more assets than the, the, the than the global annual production we don't really know since the bought and paid for politicians have voted not to demand that ba- that banks make derivative exposure public knowledge so we don't know we don't know how m- how much is owed out there but it's not good and it's a pack of dominoes there's a Russian alert getting going into Russia now. We'll leave the banks going into Russia. There was an election, Russian alert of impending nuclear attack shown in all of Western Russia. Uh, the Western news outlets have not said that the message was a hacker or a mistake, uh, as did the Western press. The truth is, according to uh, Hal Turner, that B-52s have been making daily trips from Spain to areas uh, near the Russian southern border in Bulgaria and the Russian eastern border in Lithuania for a week and a half. And they just fly there across the Mediterranean and they'll just make loops and loops and loops for hours. Is it a threat? Is it a deterrence? Is this what made uh, what made Russia think that an attack was imminent? It is assumed, even if these are training missions, that they would be laden with nukes, uh, so the pilots could get a feel for the weight and the handling of the planes. As of last night, I don't know about now, but as of last night, Moscow had not allowed uh, the. Uh, Moscovites to be released from the bunkers, from the shelters. The other night, March 8 to 9, Ukraine's Air Force said that Russia launched 81 missiles and 8 drones. Uh, Ukraine's Zaporozhye nuclear plant was without electricity, but it's now been restored. Zaporozhye, the nuclear plant there, has six reactors. It's bigger than Chernobyl. And power reportedly has been cut down at least six times in this war. The IAEA, International uh, Atomic Energy Association, is not happy with the plant security of Zaporozhye and have let them know, what are you doing to secure this plant? If this... If this is allowed to melt down, the results will be catastrophic. Uh, This is from Newsweek. Over the past several years, Moscow is producing a series of submarines that have the capability to reach the most critical target in the U.S. or continental Europe. How do they do that? These submarines can launch missiles. 
That's exactly what Henry Goover saw. He saw the submarines come to the surface. They had been lurking off our coast, and Newsweek says they're there now. They're off the East Coast, West Coast, and Gulf Coast. You're, they're sitting there. They are undetectable. They can surface and shoot. They can shoot from way out, and they're warning them also about civil war. Uh, uh, you know, what are you doing? What What are you doing to the country? Well, that's all we have time for. That's more than we have time for. my co-host i'm not going to introduce you as my special guest anymore um not that you aren't special <laughs> but you well, are... see i got a that means i got a promotion yeah you did so <laughs> there you go right so i have to i like the promotion i'll be ceo or C, i don't want to be the cfo <laughs> they get in trouble yeah that's a lot of liability <laughs> yeah, good all right, wonderful. Well, you enjoy your promotion. Okay, here we go. Uh, the world is falling apart, Stephen. Uh, we have we're just cold on this. Uh, you're driving. I just finished prayer meeting on a Zoom call. Let's go. Shabbat shalom, everyone. It's Friday evening, uh, and uh, I think very quickly the world is about to change big time. Uh, okay, Stephen, shall we start in Israel or Ukraine or Saudi, Iran, China, or where shall we start? Well, you know, maybe what we'll do, we'll talk about first the Iranian-Saudi agreement because it affects Israel. Yeah. Uh, and the as people may already know right now, the Iranians and the Saudis have actually made an agreement with each other uh, to, to become, to, to recognize one another's sovereignty. Uh, as a result of that, how does that affect Israel? Well, what that does for the Israelis, that means that uh, if Israel is going to launch any type of attack on Iran's nuclear facility in the near future, they're going to have to uh, forget the idea of using Saudi airspace uh, because the Saudis will not permit it any longer. Uh, so that's going to create a little bit of a rift for them. Uh, those that may already know, the, the, uh, of course, Iran is already part of the BRICS nations, but the Saudis and the Egyptians have both recently joined. And so change a lot of dynamics on the ground. And then on top of that, Bonnie, the Iranians are working on their uh, hypersonic missile capabilities as well. Um, no nation in the world other than China, Russia, 
uh, and now possibly Iran will have these type of missiles. We saw that in Ukraine just the other day. Russia, I believe, firing in six of those hypersonic missiles. No way to stop them. And uh, now Iran possibly getting this technology. If they get the technology, then if they put a nuclear warhead on one and send it to Israel, Israel's not going to be able to stop anything. No. Uh, we, and, and we know that Russia is working, uh, or excuse me, Israel's working with Russia trying to get them to give that technology up. Thus far, it's not been an accepted deal of any kind. And, and quite frankly, it didn't come from uh, Russia to begin with. China has been the developer of, uh, of the supersonic technology from the very beginning. And so Russia is only learned from them. And that's something that the most of the world doesn't even know, Bonnie. Wow. So the situation, of course, definitely, um, like I said, it is very volatile there in the Middle East as of right now. And, uh, and of course, at the same time, uh, Israel is talking about wanting to make a strike on Iran's nuclear uh, facilities. And uh, from what I am understanding, the Biden administration has already given them the green light to do so. Uh, the very plans that they're following, though, are the Trump administration plans for war against Iran. And, uh, in fact, the military drills that have been recently conducted by the U.S. and Israel uh, have been based on that very plan that the uh, former president and uh, Israel had agreed upon already. So this is going to be a very interesting time. I know I've been told this already that can anticipate a preemptive strike by Israel on the Iranian nuclear facilities there. But with this, uh, especially with this new move of, of uh, Iran trying to get the hypersonic technology and them and the Russians working with them for that, uh, I can see where Israel is going to strike definitely sooner, not later. They're not going to take that chance. They're going to be too afraid. But sadly, Bonnie, uh, you know, true, the truth of the matter is Iran already has the technology. Why they're saying they're, they're going to take out their nuclear reactor facilities for enriching uh, plutonium doesn't make any sense when they know that Iran is a nuclear power. They've had, uh, and they've, they've had nuclear power, uh, you know, for what, five, seven years? More than a decade. Even oh, under wow. the Obama administration, we give them, we gave them tactical nuclear weapons ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and that was under Obama's uh, uh, tenure there. So they're armed. They're ready to roll. And that's what, that's what we know for a fact they have. But we also know from one of the defector scientists, nuclear scientists that defected, friend of mine interviewed him, gosh, Bonnie, I want to say eight years ago, and he had worked on the nuclear program, and he was saying then Iran was an atomic power, they had, they had, they had the atom bomb is the way he put it, and uh, he said they'd had it for quite a few years already, so uh, therefore I would have to say about a decade or, or maybe a little more. Wow. You know, uh, Netanyahu keeps saying, oh, we got to bomb them there, you know, in another another, you know, six months, they're going to have the bomb and they've had it for 10 years. I don't understand that. Is it just he's just, um, you know, beating the war drum and hoping to scare the world? Well, I think what it is, too, Bonnie, is if you'll notice, uh, it's always a time when they when they need there's more money money needed more funding is needed 
Uh, and so in order to keep Israel's uh, military machine funded and well greased and oiled, uh, they need funds out of the U.S. And to me, it's almost like a, a means of extortion. I hate to say it that way, but, you know, when you know you're telling the world a lie, uh, in order uh, to keep saying and, and making everybody fear that Iran has nuclear weapons, when if Iran wanted to use nuclear weapons, they could have already used it. So it's just uh, so. it's just once again theater for the taxpayers, because surely I mean if we know this, Congress must know it. Sure, sure. There, well, I, well, Congress knows it. It would be a handful um, because not everybody in Congress are privy to details. Uh, it's just like presidents. You know, Bill Clinton made the famous statement about when he asked about aliens. He said, they won't tell me a you-know-what thing, you know? So the thing is, is not everybody is privy to that information, and, uh, and except for who really needs to know. And, uh, and I know from working the Intel community and, and connections in there still, that uh, even if you have clearance, Bonnie, even if you have clearance, there are certain areas of the government, they'll tell you straight up, doesn't matter what your clearance level is, it's on a need-to-know basis, and if you don't need to know, you're not going to know. So, you know, th so there could be a lot of that that's held from, especially politicians, because uh, most military and intelligence operatives look at politicians of, they're only here for a short tenure, uh, we don't need to be telling them all the things that are, details that are going on, because they end up having a lot of loose lips later, and uh, that can cause, uh, you know, national security issues. So therefore, they just don't Ted Kennedy being a career politician or or um, I forget that other guy's name um, but uh, but there's so McConnell, many Pelosi yeah, yes, Schumer yes, exactly <laughs> well, and, and true exactly all these they they tend to have more access than most do uh, Podesta uh, he's another one that has access uh, but Podesta and Clinton Hillary that is. Uh, both work with reptilian entities directly. And I've got a very good friend that knows Podesta personally. Um, and and, I, and we've discussed the possibility, would he be willing to divulge any information about his contacts with reptilians? Uh, probably not, but uh, but maybe uh, I was told that I might be able to, he might be willing to discuss it as long as it's not publicly known that it comes from him. I see. I see. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Right. Wow. Uh, probably nauseating, but anyway. I wouldn't want to be in the same room with the guy. No. No. <laughs> How did Podesta? Well, no, that's off track. Okay, so that is Iran Saudi. Uh, going to make it very complicated for Israel there, for honest Israelis, uh, and probably... Oh, uh, yeah. goodness, Bonnie, thinking oh. of Israel. All right, this is something we got to throw out there, and I apologize for interrupting, but uh, today, Sister Rosa, a very precious sister, sent me a, 
a video of Ehud Barak. He was on a, an interview with uh, CNBC, and he actually brought a balance to the current situation in Israel like I've never seen before. And when I say he brought a balance, what he did, he comes in there, but he used to, he used verbiage that shocked me, especially for the former prime minister of Israel. He said that the the he said Netanyahu's right wing government he said is a messianic government. Yes. And he said that what they are doing is they're going to bring about pogroms on the Palestinians. Yeah. Now that surprised me to come from him. Uh, he goes on to say he said I'm not saying that there are not terrorist factions within the Palestinian people. He said, but the last thing we need to do is to have a right-wing government incite such violence against the Palestinians, create truly uh, horrible, he didn't use the word horrible, but similar to that, uh, intifada. Yes. And he said, whereas it wouldn't happen if we weren't instigating it. Uh, Absolutely. I think, I think this Talmudic right-wing government in Israel is instigating the final days, the final government, the final wars, the yes. um, everything, it all. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, what they instigated, the Saudi-Iran fr- friendship. Well, you know, Bonnie, it goes back to when, uh, uh, when, when Prime Minister Netanyahu, when he was a younger man, and he went to meet uh, Menachem Schneerson, uh, the Rebbe of the Chabad organization, and he says to him, this was uh, uh, Rebbe Schneerson, he says to Netanyahu, he said, what are you doing to bring about the coming of the Mashiach? And he said, we're trying, we're doing what we can. He said, you're not doing enough and you're not trying hard enough. Do more. And that stuck with me. I was still in Chabad what? at the time when I heard this. What, is that about the year 2000, 2001? Wow, that goes back in the 90s. 90s. When did this. Yes. So I remember and I was thinking about that when he said that. And of course, I was a very pro-Zionist at the time as well. Yeah. And uh, and I'm still I'm pro Jewish. I'm pro uh, uh, Israeli people, but I'm not I, I can't go at the Zionist movement if it's going to bring about the destruction of innocent people. Uh, that just that doesn't make any sense. And, and the arrival yeah. of the Antichrist. Exactly. I mean, their messiah. Really doing. That's it. I mean, the Talmudist Messiah is not Yeshua. Not at all. And, not at all. And I don't know if the, I mean, and I don't, you know, I put a link up. There is one for Israel. This is a link up uh, on my website here on Hebrew Nation, on my podcast page, uh, concerning praying for Israel uh, and the Christians there, and all, and and the ordinary Jewish people, the ones that are not Talmudists, that are just, uh, you know, a- Abraham, Isaac, you know, oh yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, they haven't really <laughs> found their feet, um, but they're not the rabid. Um, yeah, I mean, some of them, Ben Gavir, he's rabid. Wow. I mean, telling... The, the, the worst tell, of the worst. Yeah. I mean, telling IDF, I think I think it was he, um, go to Sheol if you won't do what I say, which is go and kill a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, go and p- pretty much plunder, d- 
destroy an Arab town. These, exactly. Yeah. The uh, it, it this is and I mean Israel is in the ringer right now. These people have been protesting. I mean a hundred thousand strong for going on three weeks now. Once they figured out what this right wing uh, government wanted to do. You know, Bonnie, you know, what's really sad. The other day I was reporting on where the uh, Israeli police were beating uh, these women. And they uh, at first I thought they were Israeli women because they looked more secular. You know, the but the report, uh, the friend of mine that sent it to me said, no, they're Palestinian. And uh, but still, though, regardless, I'm like and mentality that the police had on them. These girls weren't fighting back. They were just trying to keep from being injured worse. Now, granted, you know, did they spit on the police? Did they do something like this? Who knows? Maybe. But still, you're a guy. You got a gun. You got a big old stick and you're dealing with girls. You know, do you have to physically do that? Absolutely not. You know, it reminds me, Bonnie, during the uh, the, the second intifada when uh, the Israelis, you know, they were just, they were so shell-shocked, I guess, from the suicide bombers that, you know, somebody shows up with a pair of scissors, you know, and the next thing you know, they're shooting and gunning them down in the streets. And I remember I reported on one particular issue in Israel that happened where this girl, you know, she comes out with a pair of scissors and the security officer that is there at the bus stop guns her down and then pumps about eight more rounds into the poor girl uh, and then guns down her friend as well, uh, who was unarmed. And I put up a major report on it and it caused the, the Israelis to investigate it. Uh, he was ended up found guilty of excessive force. You know, which I was glad to see something was done because the thing was they had already the girl before he even shot her. Another bystander had taken her out with a chair and rendered her nearly uh, unconscious, so to speak. It's what she looked like. She was dazed uh, sitting there on the ground. And then the policeman just comes up there and shoots the girl four times, you know, and I'm like, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, why? you know. Why so much hatred? You know, it, it's I about mean, to be unleashed. This oh, right, I, it is. You're right. This right wing government is very hateful. One of the ones, uh, as I was, uh, you know, as I had mentioned previously, uh, one for Israel. One of the targets of their uh, hatred pogroms uh, is the. Christian outreach, the Yeshua outreach of yes. work for Israel, and they are getting lawsuits. They are. I, I really fear for them, and I. I'm going in, in this week. I'm also going to put that link. You can download a packet on praying for Israel, 31 days straight. How, what's going on? How to pray each day? Uh, so, if people would download that and put it in there. Um, maybe their their Sabbath groups, or if they have prayer meeting, you know, share it. I'm going to share it this week tomorrow uh, with our little group, so uh, you know people can download that and pray for Israel. They are in a crucible right now, and I I just pray that the enemy's plans do not succeed uh, like they hope. That there's always a it's almost like the vaccines, you know, where they just kind of, ah, we missed the mark, you know, we didn't get any everybody vaccinated. The vaccines were, 
uh, too virulent. They injured too many people. The cat was out of the bag too quickly. It scared everybody else off. Good. May that happen to all the enemy's plans. Yes. Yes, Bonnie. And it is. It is. It is such a tragedy what's happening to the believers there. And yes, yes. I know so many of them and, and they they just give horror stories. And uh, hopefully we'll get some on Tova. And I've been trying to get him on for a couple of weeks. We've just been running into little technical difficulties getting together. Uh, but he has written me already on multiple occasions of just the evil that is going on. Uh, and that this is really bad news for the believers uh, coming very, very soon. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and yet the sad thing is, Bonnie, is you have ministers that are supporting uh, Netanyahu's government and they think the world of what's going on and they think this is supposed to happen. Yeah, right. So. I, and I think a lot of them might not distinguish between that messianic kingdom and that messianic coming and the second coming. Uh, this is this is going to be very fusing for some people who do not take the time to study the Bible, pray, fast, and, and, and just shut the world out. Just ask for the Spirit to guide. So, so true. Yes, yes. Okay, so that's Israel. Anything more to say there? Um, uh, it's there in a could mess. be hundreds of things said, but we know that we yes. covered the basic issues. Okay. All right. Shall we move to uh, Ukraine? Do you have anything to say about the uh, Zaporozhye uh, nuclear plant or Ukraine or um, any? Uh, there are more uh, promises now to send them planes. Anything to say there? Yes, Bonnie. That this is the situation happening in Ukraine. This is definitely going to be the catalyst for, for World War III. Um, we are going to see this is going to continue to escalate. It's going to escalate until we end up in a direct confrontation with Russia and NATO. Uh, you'll see Germany. You'll see uh, you'll see uh, the UK involved, possibly France involved uh, in this war. And uh, because they're all the ones that are supplying the weapons. Yes. Uh, we got a purchase order. And, uh, you know, I know of the purchase order personally that was signed uh, for the spent, uh, uh, for the spent uh, uranium uh, weapons, uh, spent fuel uranium weapons that are being used in the tanks. Now, they're not just using those types of uh, ammunitions, but they will be supplied. The Leopards, the Abrams and the uh, there's one other tank. I forget the name of the other one there. All three tanks will be supplied with those rounds. And uh, and then, of course, you said the planes are being promised to them now. I guess the F-16s. And, and then Russia sending a message once again with the hypersonic missiles. Uh, they, they I think they targeted, they sent in 80-something missiles into Ukraine uh, night before last. Yeah. And, and uh, in fact, one Ukrainian minister said that it was, they were coming from every direction and they did not know how to even deal with them. There were so many. Uh, just terrorizing of, of these innocent Ukrainian citizens that are just sitting there not realizing their country is a major pawn by the globalists that want to start World War Three. By the way, do your, do your people... Uh, there at the top, do they realize that uh, Ukraine is being played as a, as an hors d'oeuvre in a way toward the meal, uh, which is World War Three? 
they know it, Bonnie. Sadly, they do know it. And they also know, too, that it is a testing grounds for weapons. Sadly enough, mm. they know that. Mm. And uh, they know that these people are suffering like they are. They know that, for example, a Ukrainian soldier sent to the front lines, his life expectancy is four days. Well, uh, four days, Bonnie. Do you know, uh, um, somebody was saying that they are on the front lines, they're the 60-year-olds and the 16-year-olds. They're not sending the... Uh, their choicest uh, troops uh, to the front lines. No, what they're doing, Bonnie, they're actually kidnapping Ukrainians. Uh, yeah. The Ukrainian government, Zelensky's men, uh, they go around in unmarked vans, and uh, and I know this uh, secondhand, but I do know it directly. I know people that are hidden right now, men that would be a considered of military age, but based on the uh, rules of draft initially they don't qualify they have i think three children or something like that or their age or beyond the age but they changed all that yeah uh and now now the thing about the children had not changed you if you had so many children they didn't want you going to the front lines there's nobody to provide for the kids but what they're doing they're going in there now kidnapping these men and then they're taking bonnie uh to the front lines and they're just given an AK-47, no grenades, no nothing else, a little bit of ammunition, dropped off on the front lines. And that's where, as I've been told, their life expectancy is four days. Uh. Uh, it is. They know that the Russians are grinding down those front lines. Uh, we know that Russia has taken out a lot of the air uh, command systems uh, or air defense systems of Ukraine, including the S-300 system. Uh, just uh, over the over this past couple of days, they've taken out a lot of the howitzers that America sent in there. Uh, we're just dumping in weapons, and Russia is just destroying everything we dump into there. So now we're going to try to make a, a, a counter-launch, uh, a spring offensive against Russia. But we knew that Russia would do their first offensive against uh, Ukraine, and they have started that launch. Thank you.